0: one second it sounded like somebody was knocking. it's just my haunted fucking studio so i swore i heard somebody knocking but as soon as i took my cans off i can hear that the husband and the kids are leaving right now i can hear the car I'm
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> they're getting the fuck away from the ghost is what they're doing
0: uh probably they're just like ah, oh, mom's over there doing a seance again Anyways, okay, so we are going to review House on Haunted Hill, the 1999 version, Um, thanks Mm -hmm. to the Reverend's uh, clear and concise notes. This was directed by Rob White. Uh, I have no information on Rob White. Anything specific about him? Any other films?
1: Uh, He was, uh, I I believe that he did... um... Uh, it was, oh what was, um, oh, I don't know why I'm on this. It was the crypt keeper tells from the crypt. He did tells from the crypt HBO, uh, episodes like prior to this. Cause some of the, uh, it's in the trivia, but some of the characters and some of the themes in this were actually unused scripts that he used that he wanted to use during one is uh tells from the crypt. Days. Oh, nice.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm looking right now to see if there's anything else. Uh, nothing. I mean, in my opinion, nothing worth mentioning. But then again, I don't count. I mean, okay, so it has, I take that back. Uh, Macabre was one of them that you had mentioned already. That was one year before the 1959 version. So 1958, 1960s version of 13 Ghosts, which we are going to be reviewing that because we're doing that with the, are we doing the original and the newer 13 Ghosts?
1: Yes. Unfortunately, I I had to watch the original 13 Ghosts. It's it's worse than this. This movie actually seems like uh, Casablanca versus 13 Ghosts. Yeah.
0: And I will be rewatching that one. I'm not going to just go off of memory like I did for this one. Um, 13 Ghosts was also another one I had seen. Excuse me. The original 13 Ghosts was one I had seen multiple times.
1: God help you when you watch that.
0: Okay, uh, so directed by Rob White, principal players Jeffrey Rush who plays Stephen H. Price, which was basically a Vincent Price lookalike.
1: Yeah, and the in the trivia behind that, the I mean it's in the notes later on, but I'm just going to bring it up because I remembered I thought it was interesting, is he was originally supposed to look like he 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 was the one that came up with the look. And he wanted to look like John Waters of all people, like the famous John Waters did hairspray and, you know, yeah. um, um, I can't remember, cry I believe is the name of the, the one that's got Johnny Depp. In yeah. But like, he was trying to look like him. And when he walked on set, everybody was like, you look like. You look like Vincent Price. So they they actually made the character's name, you know, change because he came in trying to look like John Waters, but ended up looking like like a Vincent Price knockoff. Well,
0: yeah, because I'm looking at John Waters right now, and John Waters didn't have that pencil-thin mustache, and he had the black hair. He looked like Vincent Price, okay? Stephen H. Price, a.k.a. Vincent Price Jr., okay? Uh, He plays the Thrill Park module and billionaire protagonist slash antagonist, depending on how you look at him. Uh, he's been in Pirates of the Caribbean. He was a he was Barbosa, which I recall very <laughs> I love that character.
1: Yeah. He's the best thing saying that speaking of Johnny Depp again. So yeah. throwing him, you know.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Uh the King Speech, uh, Mystery Men as Casanova Frankenstein. I don't recall that. So I'm gonna have it's, to
1: it's it's a pretty pretty good villain in the movie or whatever that he uh, I can't, I can't remember. Uh, I think it's uh, Greg Kinnear plays like kind of like the Superman in that movie and Casanova Frankenstein is like his villain. And he accidentally like pushes Casanova to the point that he actually, Casanova, I want to say actually kills him. And then, you know, and then it's up to like the, the mystery man, which is basically like a bunch of, no ability superheroes uh you know led by uh ben stiller to kind of yeah know, come in and save the day at that point point. and i
0: don't know why i have not watched this film because i have always wanted to watch this film uh so shame on me
1: um it's really good
0: i do not know how to pronounce her name famke johnson
1: uh i always say famke but Fomka. you know whatever probably how, yeah
0: famke Danke johnson but
1: uh super hot (laughs) oh yeah
0: gorgeous no matter what age she's at this woman oh my god (laughs) Uh, she plays annabelle price the cheating wife and protagonist slash antagonist and gold digger and look it i'm just here to say that vincent price jr was not bad looking in this movie Like, he's got a ton of money, and they are both into spooky, creepy, and mystery shit. Yeah. You you guys are perfect (laughs) for each other. Stay together. You belong to each other. (laughs) The world is a better place when you two are together. And not trying to kill each other. But, hey, that's what was going on in this film. Um,
1: Which is one of the, you know, throw. to the original movie that they kept, which is the best part of the original movie, yes, actually. So. yes,
0: and they and they took it like a little bit further too, which I mean, you oh, have yeah, to.
1: because in the first one, they you know, like it, it was hinted that she was sleeping around and stuff, but no, she outright admits it in this. She's oh, yeah, cooking, she's cooking, you know, Vincent Price Jr. from you know, from way back. Like oh, yeah, that's what she she gets pleasure in it too. She even you know, stresses that, and I so. think
0: he low key likes it, so you know,
1: <laughs> I, I think, I think so too funny too because she throws in that line which is not an original about how he swings both ways and i wonder if that's like a throwback to the fact that vincent price did you know in real life so it's kind of interesting
0: quite possibly (laughs) um so she has been in the x-men films i mean if you don't know her as Jean gray where the fuck have you been (laughs) golden eye as xena oh you're gonna have to take it
1: on a top. On a top. I mean, oh, my God. He's on the top. I mean.
0: Uh, play right next to, playing next to the character, also known as a lot of vagina. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I believe that's where they, well, there's another, Pussy Galore was Pussy what Galore. they off of. But yes. I mean, you know.
0: Oh, and that was an octopussy. <laughs> what the, f- <laughs> oh, my God, a lot of vagina. Excuse me. I, I sounded like I said vagina. No, folks, keep your mind out of the gutter. It was a lot of vagina. Okay um let me see the taken series primal yeah, played, with nick cage
1: yep yeah, well, well i gotta if i see a nick cage reference i gotta throw it in Got there, to I throw mean, that in there. He, he's prolific
0: um hide and seek lord of illusion deep rising and the faculty which i remember the faculty i actually liked that film uh, i
1: really like it too and i need to go back and rewatch it so bad
0: but wasn't she also in hansel and gretel
1: um i believe she was, wasn't she? Was she the evil witch in that one?
0: I thought she was, I thought she was Gretel.
1: No, I don't believe she was in that movie. I believe that was a younger actress. Oh, it
0: was. I am mistaking her for another hot actress. Oh my God. My apologies to uh, Gemma, whatever her name is. <laughs> oh, but yes, Fomke is in that movie. She does play Fomke. I believe she
1: plays the the witch, like the, the like the bad, like the big one, the one that's like, you know, that, uh, the, that been chasing for years
0: yes um hold on i want to see yeah she definitely did they fake... oh my god even as a scary witch she is hot
1: it's i mean it's i don't know like she's just she's just i mean her the fa- her face and just the way she carries herself i mm-hmm. mean you know it's it's the whole package
0: yes yes, yes. even with black <laughs> teeth she's got this weird spider web thing going on but her <laughs> eyes are this crazy green oh my god total babe um anyways okay moving on to ellie larder who plays nora manning which we talked about the different characters or how they got that name from the older film mm-hmm. yep. um an innocent damned by her own lie <laughs> she was in varsity blues
1: <laughs> yeah the the uh, what is it uh whipped cream yes uh, i knew yeah. i was gonna
0: i wasn't 100 percent sure it was her i was 95 pre- percent sure it was her i'm
1: pretty sure she was one that was the whipped cream in that movie, so. yes
0: yeah, so then we got to see uh, Chris, um, oh, God. Uh, Hans? Captain America. No.
1: Uh, oh, Chris um, Chris Evans. Chris Evans.
0: Get to redo that scene his own way.
1: <laughs> oh, God. In not that. another
0: teen movie.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh,
0: okay, Varsity Blues. Drive me crazy. I did not like that movie, but whatever. Uh, Jay and Silent <laughs> Bob Strikes Back. I don't remember her in that film.
1: She was one of the four Chrissies, and they were all dressed in like tight, uh, skin tight uh, black uh, uh, cat suits. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. All of them smoking hot in that movie. <laughs> guys. So just, just saying.
0: I'm like, you sound like you're having a hard time breathing there, Reverend. You okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Jay, Lynn, uh, Jay and Silent Bob strike back. Uh, that, is the, that also has the notorious scene, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Of Jay doing the uh silence of the lambs scene
1: uh Was it that one? where he's tucking uh mm-hmm. i believe that might be in that movie yes la uh, may with- or
0: may not have redid that in a job of <laughs> the hut outfit and a <laughs> bathing suit that looks like a man's chest so
1: it it also has thing that i will stand out in my mind in infamy if- like, uh, where there's an organization in a movie that, like, the, the acronym is CLIT, and then Jay, <laughs> Jay has that video that pops out that's like, we are the masters oh, of the clip. We yeah. run that shit.
0: Oh, my God. Yes, that was a good movie. Um, Legally Blonde. I do not recall Ellie Lauder in Legally Blonde.
1: I think she was, like, one of the, maybe like, L's, like, short sisters that was, like, you know, kind of all the bitchy ones that, like, I think, I mean, that's the, 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 if not, she was the one that she was defending. One of the two, that's the, I'm kind of iffy on that movie myself, but um, she was either one of the sorority sisters that kicked Elle out at the beginning of it, or she was the one that Elle was defending later on in the movie, but uh, Hmm. it's one of the two.
0: All right. Um, She was Claire Redfield in some of the Resident Evil films which a lot of us are familiar mm-hmm. with those. And Final Destination, which, I mean, funny that you, that that is popped in here, because I was thinking today, La Urena was conjuring ideas while taking <laughs> an Inferno shower about how we need to have some kind of death season. But I completely <laughs> drew a blank on what, oh, Death Becomes Her would be the funny, like, death film. Okay. It would be the, like the April Fool's.
1: Uh, so you're like a... Isn't dedicated somehow to like Grim Reaper type stuff or like, Grim
0: Reaper and death in general, because I would like to stick to Grim Reaper kind of. But the Grim Reaper's not really in, you know, Final Destination. But I mean, oh, my God, come on. That film is so unofficially, surrounded by death.
1: unofficially he is because he's the one that's invisible that does all. That's stuff true.
0: That's it. true. Um, but I don't know that there's enough Grim Reaper type films that we could cover in a death season and death becomes her is definitely not a grim reaper that's more of a state that's almost borderline zombie in a weird
1: way yeah
0: yeah i mean it's like undead so it's technically we could technically do that in the zombie season you know
1: there there there's i was thinking about the zombie season day not to get off topic too bad but there is so many movies (laughs) oh yeah i mean it's like i mean it's overloaded to begin with but even just including the ones i love and they're thinking about like you know just like the funny zombie movies and yes. i'm like okay what would be the april fools and it's like you got Shaun of the dead which you have to cover you've got i mean there's um i mean there, there's several b movies that i could kind of like lump in there too like life after Beth and you know uh, some other ones but like i mean uh, you know there's warm bodies that's kind of a comedy, oh my god you know, that,
0: yeah well that's more of a love story though <laughs>
1: well so is shawn of the dead if you get right down to it yeah. it's, a, it's a rom-com with zombies I yeah mean,
0: that's true but that one's funnier <laughs> i guess we could do like a double feature of those i loved i mean i don't know okay we're getting off topic on that but we need a death <laughs> a deathish season and it could just be like oh fuck it's tuesday where death just keeps happening and it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a grim reaper you know
1: <laughs> well that's true i mean you you have a there is actually a couple of, I mean, well, there you go. I, I, I don't, well, Happy or, you know, Happy Death Day is either a slasher movie or it could fit into the death season because that's literally what it's about is you die and then you come back to life. Yeah, you no, know, you're absolutely.
0: That would fit into death season. Death season doesn't have to be Grim Reaper, but we can have Grim Reaper films in there for however so there many exist. Okay, thank you, Allie Larder, for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for inspiring us to have another season of Death Holler that we Are light years away from, so
1: (laughs) we've got all kinds of things like witches, slashers. I mean, we got everything under the sun to cover before that. But yeah, that's that's a good one to keep back there.
0: Definitely. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, Tay Diggs, uh, who plays Lance Schroeder, he was adopted from Ford... I cannot word today. Former sports star and one of the few black men to survive a horror movie, and I was thinking that the entire film. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well he really is there there's him and then there's uh, i mean he's not all the way through the movie but uh you take the character from the original uh not a living dead he survives almost i mean he survives everybody else even though you know spoiler alert for a movie that's older than, you know you should have watched it by now copyrighted not even copyrighted uh they shoot him at the end but he, he's the only other one that really stands out as being you know surviving all the way through the movie
0: yeah um okay so Tay Diggs you can find him in movies such as Rent I did not watch it but when I think of Rent all I can think of is everybody's got AIDS from <laughs> Team America World Police Yeah
1: no Uh
0: Malibu's Most Wanted I don't remember him in that film but I do remember that film so that's kind of funny Shame on me
1: Um I don't remember much about it either other than the fact Amy Kennedy was you know uh in it and that it, so
0: he's the main thing I remember from how Stella got her groove back because Tay Diggs had his groove in that film, and that was <laughs> one solid body. I will give you that, sir. <laughs> Coming from a woman that does not even really care about muscular bodies like that, um, he was flaunting it and he had it. So, uh, Chicago, oh my god, I love Chicago so much, and I hate musicals, absolutely hate musicals. In fact, uh, it, it <laughs> Side topic again, because we're just going to, I'm, you're letting me hold this show and that's all I'm going to do. Oh, my, yeah. Side
1: topics are fine. Go yeah. ahead. What, what ADHD
0: is kicking in. Um Wicked is out in my neck of the woods right now, the Broadway production. And I 100% refuse to see it because I do not want to see a musical. <laughs> Fuck it. I will that's miss an amazing show that, because it's a musical.
1: That's actually. That I've always wanted to kind of see, just because the production and the the story behind it, because it's you know based on those uh, books or whatever. Yes, uh, you know, Wicked and then Son of a Witch, and you know all those, and they're actually really well done and tie in really well to the original, you know, Oz mythology. And I've just always been you know interested in you know uh, the the Wicked play, but it. I'm not going to drive like four hours to see it. So oh, yeah. Nope. It's, it's
0: literally it. like a 20 minute drive from me. And <laughs> we had a week without the kids. I'm like, hubby, you want to go see Wicked? He's like, yeah, it sounds like you want to go see it. And then somebody was like, oh, this was the best musical I had seen. I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, Snooze Fest. <laughs> not going to do it. Sorry. The, the Even funny though-
1: thing about it is, uh, in there, at least in the original, None of it, I believe that the actress who played Witch is the same one who was the voice of Elsa and Frozen. So, oh, yeah,
0: I mean, <laughs> granted, I, she's not out here. I'm sure this is just a you know, it's not the actual, yeah, just like
1: local players or something, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have seen a Phantom of the Opera and I would definitely watch that again. That's amazing. Um, and Chicago, that I think those are the only two. I don't even like the songs being sung in Nightmare Before Christmas, I get so irritated. So <laughs> oh god I know I have a problem. Um anyway, Chicago was amazing and Tay Diggs played the piano player, so not a huge role, but definitely a, a memorable one, which is hard cuz Liorana misses a lot of details. <laughs> I want to say he's got maybe a handful of times that he's on camera. So literally five or six times that I that you see him. Uh he's also been in Grey's Anatomy, that's huge. I Apparently did not see the seasons he was in. I think I've only seen the first, second, and third season. So You were all
1: about McDreamy. That's what your big thing was. Yes,
0: so. McDreamy and then McSteamy. I did see McSteamy as well. So, um, yeah. Anyways, this was back in the day when uh, the Hubs and I, back in the day when you moved into a place and it took months for you to get your cable set up because that used to be a thing and now they're like there within a few days. So we bought <laughs> DVDs. We bought seasons of shows to keep us occupied and Grey's Anatomy was one of those. Um, <clears throat> return to House on Haunted Hill. I did not know that was a thing.
1: Yeah, I didn't either. But they came out with a sequel, and and Tay Diggs was one of the you know few um, you know uh, returning parts of that from the original movie. So
0: so spoiler alert, everybody, he survives. <laughs> Even though we already did say that. Okay, this is from two thousand seven. I'm taking a side topic. I'm gonna read the basic Google synopsis, and then we will move on. Uh, fashion editor Ariel. Uh, refuses to believe her sister's scary stories about the abandoned insane asylum on Haunted Hill. But when her sister is found dead of an apparent suicide, Ariel and her boyfriend, Paul, find a journal in her apartment that has information about a cursed statue worth millions hidden on the asylum's grounds. The discovery leads to deranged anthropology student Desmond, whatever, to kidnap the couple, forcing them to find the statue. What? What? Um. No. Just kidding. Oh, yeah. Tay Diggs is in that one. I was like, they don't even mention him. Hmm. Sounds stupid. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on. Um. Peter (laughs) Gallagher. Not editing any of my mistakes, folks. I am sick, and uh, I just have a cold. Not just
1: in the head. Yes. Not just in
0: the head. Um. And uh, I just have a cold, so nothing big, and I feel like I sound normal, but for whatever reason, me trying to sound normal, I'm having a hard time speaking actual words. (laughs) For all the other episodes you've listened to that I have made the same mistakes and I wasn't sick, mind your damn business, okay?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just mind your business. Mind
0: your business. I am uh, blaming it on the cold today. Peter Gallagher, who played Dr. David Trent, he's a co-conspirator and a horrible psychiatrist, which... I mean, doesn't have any psychiatrist skills in this film. I wouldn't have even known. He just mentions multiple times that he's a doctor. Oh, David Trent. <clears throat> doctor. Shut the fuck doctor. up. Doctor. Yeah. Uh he has been in high spirits, which I have not seen, and apparently I am going to have to watch. I know the reverend's gonna make me do it. And the OC, which snoozefest. <laughs>
1: I only remember watching like one season of that and then, or, or well, no, that was the movie, the, the orange County, I believe. And, and I, or was, I don't know. I don't know if he was in the TV show or not. Like I, I didn't like either one of them really the original movie that had like Jack Black in it. I wasn't really a huge fan of, so. Yeah. Uh, but um, High Spirits is probably not one I'm going to make you watch. It's probably going to be Haunted Honeymoon. I just recently got that in on DVD or I guess it's Blu-ray and I'm going to watch that. So.
0: Oh my God. Okay, um, Bri- Brigitte, is it Brigitte or Bridget? It's probably Bridget. Brigitte, I believe is how she oh, says it. Okay, Brigitte, that's how most of them say it when they want to sound fancy. It's probably Bridget, and yeah, they probably. just don't want to sound basic. So we'll go with Brigitte Wilson, um, who plays Ruth Bridgers, a fame whore, first to die, uh, the useless actress in this film, much like the one from the 1959 film. It's like they have to have She's at least the, one.
1: Yeah. The version of the old lady, but you know, a lot easier on the eyes is all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> so way easier um, on the
0: eyes, uh, especially in Billy Madison. She was a babe in that.
1: Yes. I wanna for say sure. she played
0: uh Sonia Cage in Mortal Kombat.
1: She did. Which mm-hmm. she
0: didn't have uh the snatch grab, which is what I named it at the ripe young age of, oh god, I don't know how old I was when Mortal Kombat <laughs> came out, but when Sonia <laughs> Cage would go do the scissor grab. And uh, throw you down. I called it the snatch grab or the snatch catch. And I want to say it was like 10 or 11 years old. So So was
1: she uh, pulling a Trump uh, even back in those days?
0: The pussy grabbed you. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to grab him with the pussy and throw him around. Guys love that. 100%. I don't think I know anybody that would argue. So, (laughs) and if you are, you're probably gay. just saying it. Okay. That's. Probably true, yeah. Totally, and hey, no shame. Okay, you don't want a crotch crotch grabbing you. Well, you can get dick whipped. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the wedding planner, uh, she I want to say played the wife because I watch horrible movies, and because I like the wedding planner, it was probably not a good film. But she played the
1: wife I, I, to be. That's that's one of the few. I'm I'm gonna give you credit on that. That's one of the few. Uh, uh, I don't know why Adam. Uh, why, why am I blanking on his name? the The main actor in that movie.
0: Oh God, uh, he was Doctor. It wasn't. Wait, no, no, no. He's not Doctor. Adam Sandler.
1: Adam Sandler. That's like one of the few movies that Adam Sandler did that was like really good. You know. No, you're thinking a, of The Wedding Singer oh never mind you're right yes no I'm the totally wedding off on that yeah the
0: wedding planner had uh all right all right in it
1: <laughs> oh god then yeah you you watched the shit movie in that case yeah that during the time period whenever matthew <laughs> mcconaughey couldn't do anything but those movies and he even gave it i i'm going to go off on a tangent i listened to him on a podcast recently where he talked about whenever he was in this phase of his life where he was doing all these you know rom-coms and he said that's all he was getting now he's could have retired on the money they were giving him for these movies. But he said that he made it a point where he was just like, no, I want to move on with my, you know, my acting career. I want to do something that challenges me. So he said he refused to do them for at least, you know, two years. And he said they were begging him like left and right. And he, he came back and like, they just kept offering him. Like he was like, they, they sent him a script and he, or this one, uh, you know, right. that ultimately refused, but it was the only one that came close. And he was like, well, I might do it, but here's my number. He gave them something so stupid he didn't feel really they'd come back and say it, that they would. And they came back and said, uh, well, how about this? And it was very close. And he worked them up. And it, I want to say that he got them up to almost like $50 million or something like Holy that to come back and do shit. one of these stupid things. And he still turned it down because he said that he was tired of doing these things. Oh, my so. God.
0: Well, <laughs> um, if it's any consolation, Jennifer Lopez is in the film. I don't necessarily like her as an actress, but I do like some of the films she's been in. So, oh
1: god, the, and they're like, horrible really? films.
0: <laughs> they really are. Look it, look it. Listen, Linda. Fucking like, fools rush in. Had Selma Hayek in it, okay, and Matthew Perry. It was okay. not a great film. It's I love okay. that movie. It's like my most favorite movie ever. So the wedding planner would probably fit in right within that kind of like love film. Okay. <laughs> so look at they. They. I don't know. Women like that shit. I don't know. But anyways, Bridget Wilson. Back to her. She is a babe. No matter what she's in, she just has a look to her. Um.
1: She. She's got resting bitch face, but in a good way. In she, a good it, way. It looks hot on her. It's in these a
0: movies. sexy, a sexy bitch face. There we go. Not yeah. resting. Sexting bitch face. <laughs> um. She was also uh, in Last Action Hero, which I was told I need to watch. Don't even it's, don't even jump my case for that.
1: Don't. It's one of my favorite. I
0: know.
1: Uh, I know that it's probably not a popular opinion. It's one of my favorite Schwarzenegger movies. Period. Like it's so campy and out there, but like in a good way. That like they were doing. Like somebody brought this up on a, a YouTube video that I was listening to recently. They were doing in uh, Last Action Hero the meta stuff that that before Scream did it. Like they they were ahead of the curve with that movie. So. <laughs> And it has Tom Noonan in it, which is really cool because, uh, you know, he was, you know, previously on our, uh, 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 you know, House of the Devil episode.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm looking at Sweet Evil right now because that was the next film. And I, I've, I've never heard of it. I've never seen it. But apparently either this is the same actress, which is Bridget Wilson, or these actresses all look like the same person oh yes bridget wilson surrogate mother it's just okay the reason why i'm bringing this up right now is because it looks like uh like some kind of porn parody (laughs) okay and then the other film that pops up is called the stepsister so you see where i'm going with this and it is definitely hmm it looks like bridget wilson
1: is there a dryer involved that you know is hard to get in and out of? Is that is that what you're getting at?
0: I'm gonna go that there was a dryer that she can't get out of. She gets stuck in it. May it, you know it could be a haunted dryer for all we know. <laughs> Help, stepbro, I'm stuck. Uh, I'm taking, Yes, she was the actress in Stepsister, so she's been in a lot of porn parodies,
1: <laughs> unofficial
0: well, porn parodies, according to La Arena.
1: She was there was a time period there where she was just cast repeatedly and you know, like if they needed a a hot girl in a movie, you know, they, they cast Brigitte Wilson. I mean, that's just, it was after Billy Madison, they realized what they had on their hands with her and you know, and that's what they cast her as, (sighs) um, which, which is funny because this movie, I mean, just going back, is loaded with hot women of the time period. I mean, Fomka Johnson, you know, we, or, or Jansen, we have Ellie Larder, I mean, all, and Brigitte Wilson, they were all known at the time for being like some, you know, like if you needed a, a hot woman in a movie, that was, these were the three. Women the, yeah. That you went with. And
0: funny because Ellie Larder was one of the lesser hot, she, but she was unconventionally hot in this film. Like she got hotter after she had been tormented a little bit. <laughs> she showed up clean and pressed and ready for whatever the night was going to bring her. And then after she had seen some shit, she got hotter. And That's not nice. in a super sexy way either. More in a, wow, I didn't know you were that hot. I thought you were hot before, but dang. Dang. You look well, like a ripped up food stamp and I wanna jump your bones.
1: Yeah, Even Tay Diggs kinda does that in the movie, right? Yeah. If I remember right, he's kinda like, you know, he's kinda into it first and then throughout the and then this movie goes along, he's like, damn girl.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what you hiding in there? Uh, we're gonna move on. Chris Catan. <laughs> what the fuck was he doing in this film? I mean, like, <sighs> He played that annoying he character. He exact
1: same character yes. that was in the original movie, which is pointless and just there, but, you know, whatever.
0: He, he had a lot of lines that were redundant in the film, um, saying the same he, things over – like, he forgot his script, but his script didn't even have a lot of lines to begin with, and, it, you know?
1: And uh, when you introduce a Doom Prophet, the, the the mistake that this and the original made, uh, and the original both made, was that – the Doom Prophet is only supposed to be there. It was refined in the slasher movies, but it was only supposed to be there to tell the main characters, you better watch out. There's, there's fucking weird shit in that place. And then, you know, and then let them go loose and do the thing. These movies both had the mistake of having the Doom Prophet there the entire fucking yes. time. And the only doom prophet can do is we're gonna die everybody we're gonna die this place is fucking haunted i told you it's we're gonna die i mean that's literally all they do in both movies
0: yeah and the problem with the doom prophet is you can't just have them die right off the bat because then it's like oh well he's faking it because at this point you know him they're they're kind of expecting it because they start to realize who's involved with this which we'll discuss <laughs> a little bit and they're like so if he just dies they're gonna be like oh yeah he's just fucking playing a part you know <laughs> But then they didn't have him die soon enough. I almost wish he had escaped. I actually forgot a lot of this film before I rewatched it. I was like, holy shit, I don't remember this. I don't remember this. I don't remember this. Um, We'll go into that more. Chris Catan can be found in such comic relief films. uh, Well, excuse me, he is a comic relief in this film. A drunk kind of. Kind of a very, I don't know, functional drunk, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I guess you put him as a slightly less annoying doom prophet.
1: He, I made the difference. The original, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, versus the original guy, he is for sure more annoying than that dude was. I'm yeah. just saying.
0: I think what made him mo- most annoying to me is how poor of an actor he was in this film. And he's not a bad actor, in my opinion. I've never really hated him.
1: I'm going to disagree with you. Chris <laughs> Kattan was never a good actor. He was good for making stupid faces and yes. acting like a monkey on SNL. But Comic I mean films that. and
0: stuff, I, I appreciated him man. He had energy, okay?
1: Well, he does have energy. I'll give him that. Yes.
0: So I'm not going to say he's like an actor of, our, of that time by any means, but this was not, he was not made for this film. This was supposed to be a more serious situation and it did not, whatever. Uh, you could find him on a night at the Roxbury, um, which is pretty funny. Funnier on SNL, the film wasn't too terrible, but that's a yeah. few like junky, clunky comedy films. And I love junky, clunky comedy films. Those are my, <laughs> that's my jam. Um, SNL, as we mentioned, I cannot pronounce this. You know, I cannot word Benicula. right now. Banicula,
1: Banicula. What yeah. is that about? I think it's about a rabbit who's also a vampire. That's literally what it's about. Jeez. Bunny, oh my God.
0: Bunny, Dracula, fucking shit. <laughs> and then Hotel Transylvania, which who does he play in Hotel Transylvania? <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up, but do you know? What about it? Uh, who does he play in Hotel Transylvania?
1: Oh Lord. I don't e- I don't even know. I think it's like one of the weird side characters, like, you know, that's not not one of the ones that they, um, you know, not like uh, any of uh, Adam Sandler's friends who are in all those movies or whatever with him. Oh, yeah. Not not Chris Rock or any of them, but it's funny. We've mentioned Will Smith and Chris Rock in the same episode, so somebody's going to get slapped, but.
0: Oh, my. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) I'll tell you, one of us is going to get slapped, but it's not going to be me. (laughs) <laughs> you know whatever it's not coming up immediately and i'm not going to spend my life looking for to see who he was but hotel transylvania that will be reviewed during dracula season or vampire season
1: <laughs> yeah it, it's going to be one of the one of those i mean for sure because it's i mean it's i mean it's actually pretty decent it An is Fandler film for, yeah it's and they have a, a lot. i mean
0: the cast is amazing it's very impressive and they did like two no, not two they did like three or four different films and
1: they're up to they're up to four now the yeah UBO.
0: and they're doing pretty well and there's something to be said about that so
1: well and- the funny <laughs> thing about that is is that i noticed this whenever i was a kid since the original universal horror you know pictures came out and the monsters came out with all that stuff throughout Uh, different decades, those monsters of, you know, whenever they're thrown together, uh, especially in animated form, seem seem to do really well. They used to have, like, in the late 70s, like a a knockoff called the Groovy Ghoulies, and it was basically the same thing. They were all, like, part of a haunted, you know, like, they they had a TV show where it's like kind of like laughing where they would tell jokes but also play music or whatever and like now they're just doing that again with hotel transylvania it's just like every so many you know uh, decades they recycle the the monsters all together and they you know you know make them for like kids at that point
0: mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me um okay uh oh that's where we end with chris Catan. but anyways moving forward jeffrey combs thankfully <laughs> 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 Jeffrey Combs, who plays Doctor Richard Benjamin Vanikut, which oh my god, did they they really emphasize the Vanikut in the beginning when they kind of showed this black and white film of him to kind of give you the mm-hmm. history of ooh, what was going on in this film? Um, he's a Mangala inspired doctor. I don't know what that means.
1: Uh, he's just, I, I would put that in there because he's basically, I mean, his doctor was inspired by, like, Joseph Mengele, you know, the Nazi doctor who ah. did all the experiments on the, yes. the, the Jewish people. And, you know, it's, it's uh, it, uh, there's a lot of those now, but, like, they, they all kind of get their inspiration from that.
0: Yes, which um, I'm going to throw right at the beginning of when they kind of cut to show Dr. Richard Benjamin Vanicutt, um, the The scenery, like, cutting into somebody's abdomen, it looked pretty good. I think yeah, they did I mean, a pretty decent job with that.
1: The effects in this movie, are, when it comes to that sort of stuff, are pretty good. Yeah, I yes. agree with you. Uh,
0: and then we, well, Lisa Loeb, who was the Channel 3 reporter. I did not know that was Lisa Loeb, but she looks <laughs> just like Lisa Loeb. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did you, not. You, that, you was like, man, that that reporter, that actor really looks like Lisa Loeb. Is that what you were thinking when yes! you watched this?
0: yes and i didn't care to even look and then james masters who i rec Marsters, excuse me who i recognized but did not think of spike on buffy the vampire slayer um, he looked like spike on buffy the vampire slayer but without the vampire vampire look he just yeah, looked like he, he didn't well, have any makeup on
1: yeah i mean he well he does in general just because that that character I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how he's going to get away from that character to be honest with you, because I mean, that character, when you think of spike, that's, that's his face yeah. basically. So
0: pretty much, uh, he played the cameraman and they were literally on, on camera for mm, five to 10 minutes, yeah, very small scene, range. but definitely a worthy scene to kind of bring into, uh, Vincent price jr. And what he's capable of <laughs> a little extra, but whatever. Okay. It, it's a film. Um, so, synopsis is, this is based off of what Reverend has given us, the Real Park module and billionaire Stephen Mogul. Price. Mogul, shut up. I say what I say, how I say it, okay? You're not the boss of me, Reverend. Okay. I'm also sick, so how I pronounce things is.
1: That's, that's excuse i'm fine
0: with that that's fine it's affected by my cold i really don't know how to say that actually you should have corrected me so thank you (laughs) mogul is that how you really pronounce it i sound like jessica simpson right now is it chicken or is it fish
1: it's like that line in uh what is it black sheep where they're so they keep saying row because they can't say roads because they're so high roads? oh
0: my that's exactly what i would do oh my god i hate myself <laughs> right now uh stephen price aka vincent price jr is asked to throw a party for his wife after she sees a gruesome story about an abandoned mental asylum on unsolved mysteries type program which was what was it called
1: I don't even remember. It was now. so it was,
0: cheesy. It even looked worse because this is 1999, but the show she was watching looked like it was from like the early 1980s. <laughs> it had a horrible like effects and everything.
1: I though I, it was a good throwback to how some of that shit looked back me day back in the day. True, it was true. Good.
0: Um, so yeah, she's watching from her little bathtub, and she actually he was not asked to throw her a party. She he was told to throw in her throw her a party here. It's a huge difference there she was she was the one who thought she was large and in charge or whatever um the people she wants I should say wait what
1: they are there next i'm just going to throw it out there uh, so, you know yes
0: <laughs> the people she wants to invite and ignored uh shredded by yeah i guess she had a list and the, the list was shredded by uh Vincent Price Jr and then his list of six people or well five people we'll say was mysteriously wiped and replaced which was never fully explained. I mean, yes, you can guesstimate that the house did it. But I yeah. want to know, my whole mystery of this situation was, who was the five people he put? And why did the list go from, like, hundreds of people to only five people? Oh, maybe they were just actors that were. I it's, just answered my it's own in question.
1: A, it's in the trivia, but that goes back to that, you know, the the director's, um, you know, previous history. Some of those characters were, like, names of characters in his previous, like, work, or like he had came up like with um like there's one of them that's like a doctor and or something like that that had a different name and it was actually a character from a you know a a tales from the crypt episode he did or something to that effect so Mm -hmm. they're all kind of like you know throwbacks to characters he had done in the past
0: okay and he was inviting those people because i'm guessing because they were actors and they were going to be able to scare the shit out of his wife and or help him kill her accidentally yes who knows because in this film we know the main thing is that the husband and wife absolutely loathe each other and want to kill each other somehow some (laughs) way so completely so the list is wiped we see an actual list kind of get erased and be retyped um let me see uh which is
1: one of my few annoyances with this movie i mean it's kind of like uh, we talked about it with Oculus, but like the power, you know, uh, uh you, you need to set boundaries on like what the, what the house can and can't do. And it's funny because at the end of the movie, like, I mean, just jumping ahead to that, like when the two main characters were like locked out on like the upper stories of the, the building, you know, with no way, uh, obvious way of escape. It's just because the windows are closed. Now they can't, you know, the spirits can't get out of the building, but they can somehow go through the internet. Like that, that, that fucking sucks. I'm just sorry. I'm just throwing that out there, but yeah. it does.
0: <clears throat> I agree with that. And I think that particular scene would have been like, if he had done his own research on the house and kind of just invited these people, just, I don't know, just cause he didn't, he didn't realize like, Oh, Hey, these people are related, blah, blah, blah. That would have made a little bit more sense to kind of get them to this house, invite them for some money because they would have been just as money hungry. They had been just regular people. According to his list, these people were, and that I guess that's what happened is these people were down on their luck and they were money hungry. But we only get that from a synopsis of the film. We don't get that from the character telling, really. You know that there's something going on, but they really do not do a lot of character building in the film at all. It's just like, no, oh, they, they got invited the, by a ghost.
1: The only character they kind of have built up is Nora Manning, just because of the fact that she has the backstory that it was not her that was invited; it was actually her boss, and yes. she intercepted. She was the you know the intern who in- intercepted the email and decided she was going to get rich, you know, and so she had a motivation. Yes. Whereas the really the rest of them really didn't have that because I mean, uh. Brid- Wilson's character was already kind of like, you know, Instagram famous before Instagram was a thing, you know, she was one of those types and then, you know, uh Tay Diggs character was a former pro athlete. So I mean, like, even though he might have been down on his luck too, money wise, it's not really emphasized why he was in search of the money and you know, it's Kind of goes from there, so. yeah.
0: It didn't build too much. Um, this group is given the task of surviving the night with a reward of a million dollars each offered up in exchange. Um, wait, wait bleh, I did not read that right. The group is given the task of surviving the night with the award of a million dollars each offered up in exchange. Uh, they are also allowed to take each other's money if the others do not survive, like it's divvied up among them, which doesn't yes. make sense because they're checks technically. And I'm sorry, yeah. but <laughs> I'm not going to cash a million dollar check and split it with another winner. <laughs> not going to happen. I will kill you first. Um,
1: and maybe me, that was the point. Yeah, you know?
0: that's true. Um, and he did specify. He said, hey, if you survive, and that didn't really add any suspense to them. They were like, what do you mean if we survive? Like, this is, You sound we're, stupid. Yeah, we're not
1: kill each other. This is fucking stupid. You're, just, you're talking you know. crazy
0: talk. Can we just take our check and go? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> The guests are the target of the building's former inmates and psychotic staff, and eventually all but two people are left alive. The rest consumed and trapped within the walls of the building. Bum bum bum. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, a cue, suspenseful music. Um, so how do we want to approach this? So we wanted I like talking about our favorite scenes though I don't yeah, have I'm a I'm lot of them. Too. Uh, yeah. The things that stand out, um, clearly the beginning when we get introduced to Vincent Price Jr., who looks like Vincent Price, talks like him, um, has a similar persona in a sense, maybe not as smooth and charismatic.
1: I, I really like that scene with the camera, the yes. the people from Channel 3 <laughs> or whatever. And, and it also interesting, too, because that scene, that's in the trivia, but that scene was filmed in the on the incredible hulk at universal orlando and i've seen that ride like in person and so as soon as i saw it like i, I was like i know exactly where they're filming this at you know like and it was just kind of you know interesting to see that part of it but i just it was a good start to the movie like you're saying yeah. it was like
0: is that elevator uh, legit is that like an actual part of the ride
1: no they added that part of okay. it but i mean you know the part where they're, you know, they actually strap in and they're, you know, the they, you know, it shoots them up through the tunnel and all that. That's the actual beginning of the ride. That's yeah. why I the, and the colors are all still the same. So, um, but I, I like it as an intro because it sets up two things about the movie. It sets up the fact that he's very theatrical, so he could set up, you know, all the stuff that's going on in the movie. You know, so he, he you know, he's known for these type of shenanigans to begin, and it, and it also shows that he's not a of, you know, like using his ability to scare people, you know, uh, for his own purposes. Oh, shamelessly. So, I mean, it it, kind of gives him, it kind of gives a little insight in his character at the same time establishing his, you know, credibility to be able to pull off any of the stuff that might go on later.
0: Yes, um, pretty cool scenery. Um, pretty cool how the elevator. They really thought that they were falling. Uh, you had the visual of the you know the act the elevator falling, which we find out is just a a TV basically that shows makes it look like they're falling. They were actually going up at the time because that's where the ride starts, and he has that nice little. It, it was a perfect scene where he gets out and he's got this. You the character in his face, he's got a lot going on. he's very animated when he says, up here is where it gets real scary and then the the you know, um, the ride just shoots past him right behind him and it was really good. I, I thought that that was really well done.
1: Which a little bit of trivia about that too. They said that in reality, if that roller coaster as close as he was actually went off right next to him like that, it would have completely like blew him off of the rails. Like the force of it would have. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting about that, but I like one more thing about that, that I like too, it set up about him is the fact sets up that he is in as a character, he is an actor because he was acting like he was going to die the entire time. And that kind of sets up with the way he is later on.
0: <laughs> okay hold on we'll, we'll I'll, I'll i'll address i'll address on that a little bit later um okay so we set up okay we set up that scene then we have the scene where she kind of sets up where she's watching the uh unsolved mysteries we talked about that very briefly i like that it was short and sweet and kind of gave an idea of how we were going to end up at this house
1: Yes. And it also establishes, you know, Famke Janssen being, you know, yet again, a, uh, you know, a sex pot in this movie. I mean, like she's, <laughs> she's she's being seductive and there's nobody in the room. I mean, that's literally what this scene sets up. I mean, she I mean, I, you know, she's she's putting out those vibes and like there's no reason to. But she is. So there you go. Yes. You know,
0: she's literally just taking a bath. She's completely covered up to her chin and. <laughs> <laughs> She's not even doing anything but talking on a phone and and the reverend's over here getting hot. <laughs> just so we know. Um, okay. And then we see him basically going through, making the list. The list gets deleted. Blah, blah, blah. We've addressed this already. Shall we just get to the folks being at the house or was there anything in between specifically? Because there really is not the much going on. It-
1: the one thing in between is the fact that they picked probably the best song of that time period yes! to, to put behind the the casket, you know, in the hearse and driving up. I mean, the, you know, Marilyn Manson's, you know, uh, I believe it was Sweet Dreams. Wasn't that the one that they put in the movie? I believe it is. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, perfect choice of a song. I mean, if you're going to pick one and, and funny, this is a little bit of trivia. Marilyn Manson almost was Benjamin Vanicutt. Oh, he, that would have been pretty awesome. cool. He was almost the surgeon. Yeah.
0: That actually would have been pretty cool. Um, sad that we found out that as strange and unusual as he was in his music career, he actually ended up being strange and unusual in real life. I, n- I never saw that coming. I always <laughs> thought he was a clean cut, you know, good old American boy, but
1: yeah, he was not yeah. who we
0: thought he was. Um, he,
1: he really put that image out. <laughs>
0: You know, the the song, yes, it was a good song. We see them driving through spooky dark hills. No idea why that hearse was there. It was just there for effect, literally, because there was nothing in there that we know of. It was never explained. Well,
1: they, they they set up in the movie that, you know, Famke Jansen's character is really into that, you know, uh, the spooky, like macabre stuff or whatever. And, of course, you know, Price, you know, already established that he's... Um, or you know, like uh, Vincent Price Jr. has already established that he's you know not above like using that sort of thing. So it's 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 a lot of that is is kind of the reason it's there. Also, as a throwback to the old movie, of course. But I I, I don't know. I I think that that music used in this movie sets a. I mean, is perfect for what the movie ends up being, which you know we'll discuss later. But to me, it's more of like a campy MTV of that era esque type you know vibe that it had going on. Uh, like a Marilyn Manson video, and it's perfect that they were playing that music during that that part of the movie.
0: Yeah, and the only thing about that song is that it's been used so many times now, in so many different films. That's so. true,
1: but I don't think it was used as well as it, it was. Yeah, this one scene, yeah. I'll give
0: you that. Um, I will also say too, because this popped into my head the the hearse. Driving around, I was thinking that perhaps maybe it was carrying the casket that had the party favors in it because we do see a (laughs) casket in the house later on in the film that had party favors in it. But then I'm like, nobody could drive to the front of the house. They had to walk. So how would that have gotten in? Again, not explained, but that's, that's the theory that I came up with
1: caretakers might've done it cause they were still there at the time, but it's not shown. So yeah. we don't, we'll never know. It's never explained yeah.
0: why they can't drive up the rest of the way. I, there, there's, there's things that happen. Um, once they're in the house, they kind of get a brief explanation of what's going on, what's expected of them. Mm-hmm. No one's really taking it seriously. I really hated the scene actually before, right before they walk into the house where everyone just starts laying their questions and no one's getting to the house. It's like, hey, we're going to answer these questions when we get to the house. You've already come this far. W- what are you going to do? Turn around now? There's yeah. a million dollars at stake. It's on your invitation that you looked at the entire time Sweet Dreams was playing.
1: <laughs> I think they were kind of hinting that, like, once they actually saw the place they were staying, they, you know, kind of put a little bit of fear into them that, you know, it made it a little bit more real. But, like, it's not. It's not that well established in the mm-hmm. movie that way that, that it comes across that way.
0: I do like how, because this used to be an insane asylum, how they have the lights that kind of search the grounds. And so when mm-hmm. they come up to the house, when they're walking up to the house, that literally starts happening. I personally thought that was a cool fact.
1: I never paid attention to be perfectly okay. honest with you, but I mean... I wasn't I, looking for that. Know, it's just it,
0: something I noticed this particular round. Yeah watching it um so they're in they're discussing the terms of the party uh chris katan character who is getting really antsy in the pants Mm -hmm. and wants to get paid and wants to get the fuck out and no one no one not one single person seems to care why he's so concerned (laughs) No one gives a well, shit. No, and no one, even, like, because me, if it was me and I didn't give a shit, I'd be like, hey, give him his money so he can go. Can, can we get this party started?
1: That's true. I mean, and is it, that's right after the scene where, um, the glass breaks and almost takes out Famke Jansen's character. Right? Yes. I, I mean, which I see yes.
0: in the trivia, she did that stunt herself
1: Mm-hmm. and it came very close to her
0: face. Yes. Which is, I, I mean, it looked, it was very well done in the scene. I mean, she even gets yeah. like a little tiny shard, like on her face and everything, which, you know, obviously it's makeup effects and stuff It was just light enough, light enough to be like, yes, a piece of glass grazed her, but noticeable enough to be like, you know, a makeup effect. It it, it didn't look fake. It looked really good. And then there's that huge shard that almost got her. And holy shit, how fucking scary.
1: To, to be her in that scene and have to act against that. For yeah. Sure. And I she mean, wanted to do it. To- so get it. <laughs> And that, and that's in the trivia that it was uh, such force that that thing hit the way they framed it that her head actually bounces off of the table. Yeah, like it, and it's still in the the movie. You can actually see that part of it.
0: Okay, so wait, so she was she performed her own stunt. She was there, but it was uh, Tay Diggs that had kind of tried to shield her. So was he also mm-hmm. gluing her to the table? Um, was he stunting more? Yeah,
1: I don't know if it was him or a stunt person on his part of it because okay. he didn't specify that he actually was involved with that
0: part of it. Okay, okay. Um, so that makes sense. So moving on, um, what other details can you recall? Because the the next few details that comes to me, I don't want to get into, like, major detail, but a lot of scooby-dooing happens in this house. The house gets locked up. Uh, two the- out of the five decide they want to try to figure out how to unlock it.
1: Yeah, and the the one thing that stands out for me in this little bit about this is when they go down into the actual basement part of it, and then there's that creepy cabinet section yeah. as they come down, like the display cases, and it looked like something out of like Halloween Horror Nights or something. It like, really I mean, did. It. It, it looked like you were walking to a haunted house or whatever, like a theme park, you know, and, and that that's what stood out to me whenever they, they went downstairs. And, of course, there's big, long sections of the movie that are like this, but they do that thing in this Which is a little bit more forgivable than the whole thing we talked about with Deep House. But it's still a little bit of a pet peeve where there's no apparent geography of the building that they're in. It's like they randomly go through places and they get lost. And, like, it's never established, oh, this is connected to that, it's connected to that. Mm -mm. Like, you never know where they're at. I mean, it might be intentional, but it's just kind of an annoyance. It's like these people, I mean, are literally just, you know, like being lost in a maze at this point.
0: Yeah, there's only like three or four places I can think of in the house. There is uh, Fomke's Room. There is mm-hmm. a hallway that leads to the main area that they're in, eating, drinking, and yes. freaking out. And then the basement. Oh well, and the and the and the attic, because the attic comes into play later on in the film.
1: The attic and then there's the room that's sealed off in the basement, because that's the big sticking point. Horribly, when the darkness sealed comes off. out or whatever.
0: Very horribly. It's not <laughs> even quite sealed off because they walk in, they're like, What is that?
1: and then uh, yeah he throws her into it and it falls apart i mean yeah which goes along with our whole argument about the typing you know like the spirits being able to race or the house or whatever racing the message because they were being held by con barely patched together concrete yes but yet they can get the internet whatever
0: uh, <laughs> we won't address that um so we find out during the scooby doing and the investigating around this house that there's indeed some kind of background. I don't know, uh, theatrics going on because Vincent Price jr. Does have somebody that's there that is operating certain things that were put into the house to give it the effect that it's haunted or that there's something yep. going on. It's very short lived. I mean, he literally just one time gets, I don't know, some, some wall to kind of crumble and scare the mm-hmm. shit out of a few of the characters And jumping ahead a little bit later on when he goes to check on him because he finds out, hey, this guy didn't actually lock up the house. He thought that this had to do with this guy that's kind of behind the scenes directing what's Mm -hmm. going on. Finds out that the guy did not lock up the house. So when Rinson Price Jr. kind of tries to figure it out, when he returns, we see this guy's face completely scooped out, cleanly scooped out. It was one of my favorite effects in the film.
1: I was getting ready to say it's the best effect in the movie. Yes. Like literally like the way they filmed it. And it's funny because this character that you're talking about the one that's watching on the cameras is the same character that David cross, uh, 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 plays um in the movie in scary movie too it's the same exact oh yeah character that he's playing you know the one that's watching everything yes. from like the basement area or whatever yeah it's it's that he that's the character he was oh my god him.
0: i didn't even think i i i that did cross my mind but i wasn't thinking about scary movie i'm just like this is this is familiar you kind of got this going on the only thing i i i am upset about this character that they didn't kind of show is they really didn't quite show anything they show spooky stuff on the camera afterwards, literally right after, as he realized, oh, my God, this guy's face has been scooped out. Yes, mm-hmm. we see something. But, like, that character never got to witness anything spooky on the camera, and he's the one running shit. That would have been cool.
1: Yeah, he never saw anything. Uh, but I do have to give credit because this is during the Scooby-Doo you're talking about when um, uh, Brigitte Williams' characters going around with her camera yes. trying to be, you know, ghost facers or whatever.
0: <laughs> ghost and, ghost um, facers. She-
1: she's uh and she's filming it i do like the effect that every time that she can see the ghost like through the camera lens like whenever she's going through there i do like that part of it and the way that they and i'll give them credit for this the effect that they had with jeffrey combs and the way that he moved but like in clips you know like it was like you're missing frames of the movie Whenever he moves, it's like really jilted. I really like that effect. It kind of made it really creepy that way. They
0: did it pretty good in this film. It was so good. I actually thought my internet was glitching a little bit (laughs) when I was streaming it. and But then I came to the realization, okay, no, the music has been smooth the entire time. So it's not. It's This is just how it is. I mean, because right at the Mm -hmm. beginning, they had a lot of that, too.
1: Um, they, they had a little bit. It wasn't. Uh, it was more like jump cuts, like you would expect from like a music video from the MTV era. That's why I said this movie kind of gives me that vibe because like the editing of it, like the action especially, it's like quick cuts. You know, there's nothing that really lingers. It's like when you cut to a scene, you have to dramatically cut from it and you know yeah. go to a and swing to another one
0: quick um for you youngins out there wondering about mtv we're talking about an era back when mtv stood for music television and they actually had music videos that they would play
1: (laughs) uh think of it as tiktok but a little bit longer
0: yes 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 something to you you wouldn't be able to keep your attention for very long with it so don't think about that just think about other shit (laughs) So, we got our scooby Dooing going on. We've got uh, actual murders happening. We have lost a sexting bitch face. Uh, we have lost our producer, our behind-the-scenes producer, mm-hmm. who didn't see shit and then literally saw some shit. I wonder what he saw right before his entire face was scooped out.
1: I'm sure, in my mind, it's uh, he saw Vanicutt, like, walking up to him, like, <laughs> in a disjointed way, and, like, just he just had his face scooped out at that point, so... Um, and he probably saw him on the monitor like seconds before he popped up in front of him or something.
0: Yes. We do get a spooky scene where um Tay Diggs and uh, and the and Allie Larder, Allie Larder. are walking mm-hmm. around. She gets uh, kind of uh, spoofed by a ghost. Not spooked. Well, she does get spooked. She gets spooked and spoofed by a ghost who convinces her he kinda does, you know, he I don't know, takes the form the face of Tay Diggs and is walking around. And so she's following him. She's yes. getting pissed at this point and makes her go to the, he convinces her that he jumped into. Dudes. Yes. It, well, it looked like blood. <laughs> it was blood actually. Well,
1: yeah, blood or whatever it was. It, it was, was nasty. It was, yeah.
0: A vat of material. And she almost dies in this. Uh, Cause he, she realizes, oh my God, it's not him when he's looking up at her, and he goes, Hey, what the fuck are you doing? Like, bro, I just saw you jump into this. Vat? what the fuck do you wait what are you doing over there (laughs) i thought you were in here and i was trying to save you she thinks which i'm sorry reverend but if you jump into a vat of glue i'm gone i am gone i am not trying to save you i saw you willingly jump in there i'm getting the fuck out of here either that was not you or you are not yourself
1: well, and it, and it makes me think too. Like we we talked about Oculus and just this comparison, they had the same effect where you would see people who were not the people you were speaking to. Oh like, yeah, you know,
0: yeah, and she really, know, and then, and she really went to try to save him though.
1: Yeah, you had true. to have it.
0: I mean, she got her good scare, and look it. it was because of the scare she got even sexier after. So she had to go get well, herself she, a clean she, she, set of clothes. <laughs>
1: If I remember right, like, and and this is in the, uh, I think this is a bit of trivia too. She loses her jacket at that point. Like Mm -hmm. it mysteriously reappears later in the movie because they had to do this. They did this weird edit and like it was in there and it was out and then it was back in. But I think the fact is where she lost her jacket and she kind of gets a little bit, that kind of adds to the, you know, disheveled, you know, you know, uh, sexy look you're talking about, that yeah, kind of like as she goes along,
0: it looks like she actually lost some makeup, so she's a little bit more clean faced, her hair's tozzled a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. she's in like somehow tighter clothing, but it's more casual clothing and not so sexy, and she still looks sexier. So, um, <laughs> Ellie Larder, man, you were rocking it, girl. Mm-hmm. The more scared she got in this film, the more she was fucked around with, the hotter she got. No. <laughs>